Welcome to Media and Monuments, presented by Women in Film and Video in Washington, D.C. Media and Monuments is conversations featuring industry pros speaking on a wide range of topics of interest to media makers. In this day and age, social media engagement is a must. I'm your host, Candace Block, and in today's episode, I have the pleasure of sitting down with social media star, Austin McGuire. Austin is an LA-based comedian, writer, and actor. They quickly grew in the digital scene on TikTok and Instagram through their comedic content and have continued to grow their online presence, currently sporting over 645,000 followers on TikTok. Best known for their English teacher videos, Austin creates content ranging from annoying characters to observational and situational humor to improv and impressions. Welcome to the show, Austin. Hello, thank you. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this is exciting. Before we get into social media specifically, tell us a little bit about your background and what led you to performing and creating content in general. I mean, you're you're an actor. Is it something that you've always wanted to do? Like, how did a little bit of your background, and then maybe what led you to the online platform? I grew up textbook theater kid. I always loved performing as a child and sort of always knew that that's all I really wanted to do in this lifetime. I grew up sort of as an academic, even though what I wanted to be doing really full-time was like performing and being creative. My aspirations were always just sort of like live my life creatively and make my living via my creativity and through art. But of course, I grew up with social media. You know, I got on Instagram in middle school. I got on Facebook in elementary school. Everything was sort of building and growing as I grew. And then the concept of being like a YouTuber and all that stuff like came out right around when I was in middle school and high school. And I definitely looked at that as something I wanted, but something I wanted in relation to all the other things I wanted, like to make music or to perform on stage or to be in movies or to write movies, you know, or to write music. It's sort of all part of the larger vision of what I've wanted, which is just like to live creatively. I'm sure it helps that you're Gen Z as well. As you were saying, everything kind of comes up. So for people listening that don't know, you're about to be 24. So you're you're young. (laughs) Um, So social media, do you think it's second nature for your generation and all of that? And does that mean that you think people naturally will always do something kind of social media related? For me, it's definitely second nature. I wouldn't say that it is for everybody based on age, but just if that's what you're doing all the time, you know, because I do have friends my age that are not on social media really at all. They would not know where to begin for creating content. I don't know if everyone really wants to create content for the purpose of building an audience rather than just documenting their life. I do think it is a, a cool way to see how you've grown over time. So I don't really see it going anywhere. And I feel like more and more, it's just more intimately integrated into our daily life. So I don't know. I th- I think so. I mean, as people continue to grow up with it, I don't see why they would move in any other direction. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting, like your whole life, you've had this tool at your disposal, but we also don't know with how technology changes what types of new tools there'll be in the next few years even. And then as we talk more about the social media stuff, there is even some potentially hot issues with TikTok and if it might be banned Mm. and and all of that stuff. But we don't need to talk about that yet because right now I think it is safe to say social media and different platforms of any sort are not going anywhere anytime soon. 
So yeah, you are originally from Cleveland, mm-hmm. but you are now based in LA. Yes. When did you feel that move was needed for you and your personal journey? Oh my God. The move here is a crazy story. I feel like I might have always expected one day to live in California or specifically Los Angeles, just because I knew that that was the center of the industry I wanted to work in. But I went to school in Philadelphia and even that was like really jarring for me. I found myself to be way more homesick than I had anticipated. And so then I wondered like, would I ever be able to make that move? But then over time you grow (laughs) and then you're not clinging on to to home as, as tightly. And after I graduated, I moved back to Cleveland for about nine months. And over the course of that, I was trying to figure out where to go. I was sort of between New York City and Los Angeles, because again, that's just where my community was as well. Everybody that I knew either lived in one of those two cities, and that's where you know my industry is. So I just knew that one of those places is where I'd build my life. And Then I came to Los Angeles for a weekend to get headshots with a specific photographer. And I had originally not wanted to come because I was in my hibernation era, you know, end of 2021, early 2022. I was still very nervous about COVID and getting it and being around people. And I had just grown very comfortable in my room in Ohio. So I originally only wanted to come to Los Angeles for like a day to get those headshots and leave. But My dad sort of encouraged me to make a weekend of it, so I did. But I had a feeling that the flight I booked, my return flight would get canceled. And over the course of the weekend, I was just increasingly loving it here and also feeling like there's no way that that flight's going to ever leave the ground. For some reason, I just really strongly (laughs) knew that. A premonition. No, truly. I knew in my heart. And so come Sunday night, it is time for me to go to the airport for my red eye. But at this point, I had decided I'm absolutely moving here and I want to stay. I don't really want to go back to Cleveland. So I sort of made a deal with the universe. And I was like, if this flight is canceled, I'm staying. I'm not going home. <laughs> so I went to the airport because I didn't want to miss the flight based off of feeling. So I was like, I'll see it through. I go to the airport. It gets delayed, 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 and then canceled at like one in the morning. Wow. And I was <laughs> like, I knew it. I meant to be here. And I stayed. That's amazing. And I stayed and I didn't go home. This became home. That's so crazy. I'm sure you maybe popped back to get some things, but. uh. Not not for like, maybe, not until like maybe like four months later. Wow. I just stayed until the next time it would have made sense for me to visit. Well, I guess it was truly written in the stars. It was written in the stars. It was meant to be. I was like, I trusted the universe, (laughs) trusted the good feelings, and I landed here. And yeah, I'm very happy here. So I'm very glad that I took that trip. That's an awesome story. I mean, that's a really cool one. I'm glad we got to hear it because that's a special story. Thank you. So, all right. So where, where you are now is a performer with a lot of success on social media. So for any of our listeners who don't know, can you just give us a sentence or two of what TikTok is? Oh yeah. TikTok is a short form video app, essentially. You know, really, actually, it started as the main focus was audios. And so that's why so many of the trends on the app are audio-based trends, because it is an audio-based platform. However, the content originally actually was only up to 15 seconds, but now you can go all the way up to 10 minutes. But it is a short-form social media platform. Yeah. And it's, you know, consumed right there on your phones. People have it everywhere. So that that's one thing that I kind of want to dive into a little bit later about the specifics of stuff, because social media is different than traditional content creation yeah. in that I, I remember the days of 
getting adjusted to a more landscape profile to a more portrait style with all of the phones and everything. So that's, that's interesting. We can get into some of that in a bit, but just in general, like how often are you filming new content? Is it something that you want to make something new every day? Do you clump it up and then schedule it out and do a few things at once? Is it just based on inspiration? Do you have a schedule? Yeah, different eras have called for different strategies or approaches. Currently, I tend to let sort of inspiration strike when it strikes and then get all of it out and then sort of schedule it out once I've filmed everything and just edit it over time. Because really, filming takes little to no time at all compared to editing, depending on what the video is. The only time filming takes a while is if I'm not happy with the take and I do the same thing over and over and over again. (laughs) But that sort of sucks the life out of the video anyway, so I try not to do that. But yeah, I generally try to let inspiration be my guide and then film as much as I can, edit it as quickly as I can, and just sort of schedule it out from there. Is there a pressure to have a certain amount that comes out somewhat regularly? With social media, there's kind of an expectation that if you let things go dormant for too long, people kind of lose interest or go somewhere else. Yeah. I try not to fall under that pressure. I will say I always try to post two Instagram reels a week because I think it sort of is platform specific where you need to be whatever level of consistent because Instagram is a community-based app. Like It is an app for people to share stuff to their followers. It is nice to have a regular schedule. TikTok is a discoverability-based platform, so it almost doesn't matter when you post because there's no guarantee that that's even going to your followers anyway. So Mm, you're just sort of posting it and hoping that the For You page and the algorithm picks it up and brings it to whoever it's going to bring it to. So I'm less focused on any regular or regularity in my cadence on TikTok than I am on Instagram, for example. But I've done a lot of different cadences. Like I, I've done daily, I've done multiple times a day, I've done a couple times a week. I've taken months off at a time. I try to keep it fun. And so when it's fun, I just keep going, going, and going. And when it's not, I take a break. It's a very healthy way to do it. <laughs> yeah, you have to take care of yourself. <laughs> do you create content specifically that is different for Instagram versus TikTok? Or are you cross-posting and just changing frequency? Or how do you consider those as different? I cross post most of my content, but there is some stuff that I'll only have on TikTok, for example, that I wouldn't post on Instagram. And sometimes I'll only post things on Instagram and not on TikTok, but not because it wouldn't work well on TikTok, but because I don't know, in that moment, I'm not really enjoying the algorithm. So I'm not posting anything on TikTok and then I just forget about it later. But there is some content that I'll specifically make and post for TikTok that I won't post on Instagram just because TikTok, you can be a little bit less casual, a little bit lower production value. And that's okay. That's sort of native to the platform. Whereas Instagram, in my experience, my content on Instagram performs better when it's a little bit more highly produced, more intentionally executed. So there is some stuff that I make specifically with Instagram in mind, but then will post on TikTok. But there is some stuff that I just quickly make and post on TikTok and never even think about putting on Instagram because it's just not sort of within what I do with my content on that platform. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That's And those are great insights for people curious about <laughs> these things and the differences. Yeah. TikTok itself is a young application. Instagram and other things have been around for longer. Do you remember when your first kind of viral thing t- kicked off or when you started really growing these followers? Do you remember what it was specifically or when? Yes, totally. 
My journey on TikTok has been really funny because the whole thing was so unexpected. I didn't even really know what the app was. I was sort of unfamiliar with it. I had heard whispers and rumors about it here and there, but I wasn't totally sure what it was. And then somebody that I followed on Instagram put on his Instagram story, I need people to download this platform from my link, just download it, screenshot it, send me a DM. And I was like, cool, I'll do it, whatever. So I just downloaded the app. It was a totally random app, screenshotted that I downloaded it. So I still have that screenshot of my profile of zero <laughs> posts, zero followers, zero likes. And I was just like, what is this? And I was just sort of scrolling. And this was June of 2019. This was the end of June of 2019. So way before the platform was what it became. And I was scrolling and and I found myself like totally dissatisfied. It was just mainly high school age students lip syncing or doing dance trends. And that's just sort of, that's not my, mm-hmm. that's not what I want to consume personally. It's just not my vibe. So I one day logged off and was bored and and wondering like, well, what am I looking for? Like, what kind of content do I want to be seeing that I'm not seeing? And then I immediately just started filming it. And that first day, my video started gaining traction. I think the fourth video I posted got like 80,000 views, which was like, oh my gosh, what is going on? That was all on the first night. Like on my second day on the platform, I was getting comments saying, you're my favorite TikToker. And I was like, first of all, never insult me like that again. (laughs) Because at the time, that was like an embarrassing title to have. This is my second day. Like I'm by no means like a TikToker. I truly just downloaded this app, just started making content. But I just wondered what I wanted to be watching, identified it, started making it. And truly within the first night I was getting, you know, tens of thousands of views within the first week or two, I had over a thousand followers. Three weeks later, I had a million likes. And then within uh, just a couple of months, I had hundreds of thousands of followers and I was just posting any and every idea that came to my mind. I would post like 10 to 20 times a day, just every single thing that came to my mind. And you know, that doesn't necessarily mean 10 to 20 good videos a day, but 10, 10 <laughs> to 20 videos a day nonetheless. And some of them were good and would continue yeah. to gain traction and build momentum. And and then suddenly yeah. I so, had a platform. <laughs> wow. So you started with quantity over quality and now you're doing yes. quality over quantity. Yes. But yeah, I mean, that's really cool that it started to snowball immediately. Yeah. Do you think part of that is just sort of luck of when you joined it. I think a lot of it also probably has to do with that what you mentioned, which is great advice for anyone in any industry, is create what you want to see and yeah, what you want to consume. Totally, totally. I completely agree. That's my best advice. Because for me, the, the creation process is sort of extremely selfish. I am just trying to make myself laugh. And if I succeed at that, that's that to me is success. I'm like, if I'm spending this time making content and I'm enjoying that time, it's time well spent. That's fulfillment. That is success. That is everything I want in this life. And so, yeah, it, it's sort of that question of if I was alone in this world, how would I entertain myself? That is sort of the question I answer with my content. And then I put that out there. And usually, if you like something, at least one other person on this planet is also going to like it. So, Mm-hmm. You know, and if you get lucky, a lot of people will. But I do think well, and part there's also a, a the genuineness. Time. Oh yeah, well, I do think part of it was the time because it was so early on the platform. If I posted a video that got like a million views, then I would gain like fifty thousand followers that day. Whereas now I can post a video that gets a million views and I'll gain maybe like three or four hundred followers. It's 
different now than it was in terms of Mm -hmm. growth and, and that timeline and trajectory. But for me, again, I didn't go into creating on TikTok with a goal to get followers. I went in with the goal to entertain myself and that I have done. And then the followers were like a gorgeous byproduct of that process. Right. I mean, that's a great lesson there too, because if anyone is trying to break into this world in any way, you have to make sure your motivations are right. And if you're being fulfilled by what you're creating, then it's a success no matter how many followers you get. But also it's good to hear that even you can point out with someone who has a lot of followers and likes and whatnot, that it's changed for you as well. So if someone's trying to get into it now, don't be incredibly discouraged if you're not getting a million followers overnight. Oh my God, yeah. That is not common and that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's good and to know. And the flip side of that is even if you do gain all those followers and you're not making content that is fulfilling for you, the followers won't feel that good. The joy being in the reception is not a sustainable source of well-being and happiness and fulfillment. You know, it has to be in the creation process, not the reception, because otherwise it's not really your content or your platform or your voice. You're just sort of making it for other people. You're just sort of people-pleasing. And I think we've all sort of learned that that doesn't actually feel good internally. And so if your goal is happiness, followers probably are not the answer to that, at least not in a sustainable (laughs) way. That can be really fun for like a few days, but then, you know. Right. You want to be making stuff that you love and you want that to be the driving force because that's also sort of how you avoid burnout. A lot of creators get really burnt out because they're making things not because they like making them, but because they want to maintain whatever status or follower count or whatever it is Mm -hmm. that they have. And that is sort of like if you give a mouse a cookie – it's yeah. just, it's never going to feel like enough. Yeah. If someone has the right motivations and the right reasons and all these things, and they want to start getting onto this as someone with the experience, do you have any advice for just basic stuff like maybe lighting or some editing tools or things like that, that maybe is good to keep in mind? Yeah, totally. I mean, obviously you want good lighting. You don't need to have a lighting set up for that. I personally put my phone on my windowsill and just use the natural light for all my videos. I don't even own a ring light. So you don't need to have any professional equipment for that other than the sun. We have a gorgeous source of light all day. But for editing on your phone, I find CapCut to be the easiest platform. And it's like TikTok's editing app. ByteDance owns it and ByteDance is the parent company of TikTok. It's a very easy editing software, in my opinion, and also just keeps everything on your phone, which for me is best because then you're not compressing things from device to device. But yeah, just high quality video. Like I use my iPhone camera. I do everything on my phone. It's simple production. I will recommend an iPhone for that. (laughs) I don't have any experience doing it with Android or any other smartphone, but yeah, CapCut editing software, or you can just edit in apps. Like TikTok's editing platform is incredible. I used to do everything in there. The only thing about that was when you download it after you posted it, the quality is just slightly worse if you're trying to repost to another platform. So it's nice to just film in camera and then edit and then just post that out to platforms. And then once you have good lighting, good camera quality, you can edit clips with ease, then it's just sort of about what is it that you're making? Are you making a good video or not? If you did not know Mm -hmm. yourself, would you watch this video that you just made for longer than two, three, four, or five seconds? If the answer is yes, incredible. If the answer is no, someone else isn't going to watch it either. 
Yeah, that's great advice. And also because social media content, it's a really wide open field where essentially anyone who wants to create can create. Mm -hmm. If you have a phone, for example, I mean, even as you said, the sun is free. As long as you have some way to record it and some way to put it out there, you can create it. How do you think this has shaped that world compared to maybe other industries where there's more barriers to entry, like being able to have literally anyone who can create it? Yeah, I think it has gorgeously democratized the process of building the life that you want to build. Because now those industry gatekeepers, they have smaller gates. They're not in charge of who's doing what as much as they were. Say you're a musical artist, obviously to have like a record label and those resources behind you Mm -hmm. really, really, really helps. But it's no longer absolutely necessary for you to gain success in what it is that you want to do or get your music out. Now you can just post your music and hopefully the stars are aligned for it to reach whoever it's meant to reach. What's really nice about social media, and even as I'm working with other people or doing other forms of media, what's really cool about having my own platform is that it is 100% up to me. Like It is only up to me Mm -hmm. if a video is good enough to go up or not. You know, I don't have to get approval from anybody. As long as it's within the community guidelines of the platform, I can post it and I can believe in it. Mm -hmm. And that's all that it takes rather than going through whatever process has to go through to be approved by people and networks and standards and practices and et cetera. (laughs) This is just me unfiltered. And that is really, really nice to have. And I don't know if creatives have had that as much before or or how that looked, but now it's social media and that is incredible in my opinion. Yeah. And it's great because people can put themselves out there and it's a test where if it gets good reception, that is maybe something that can be noticed. You know, there's always been issues of certain media not being inclusive enough in different ways mm-hmm. or embracing enough voices and perspectives. And if everyone can create something, it's an opportunity to kind of like test it. It's almost yeah. like like a comedian doing small shows to see what jokes yeah. play for when they do bigger things. Yeah. On social media, the only permission you need is your own. And it's incredible. And that is sort of how it felt at first for me because I was posting to a platform I knew that nobody I knew was on. So I was totally safe mm-hmm. to be as cringy as I wanted to be without you know anybody <laughs> My personal life ever seeing it. But then once it grew to a specific platform or size, then of course people were seeing it, but they weren't seeing me doing random stuff. They were seeing me posting to an audience that I had built. So it was sort of right. viewed differently, which is why you sort of have to just not care about what people are thinking about it. It just gives you the complete freedom to make whatever you want to make and put it out there and cross your fingers. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of that content, we said at the beginning, one of your best known characters is an English yes. teacher and you do a lot of comedic videos and parodies yes. and things like that. Is that English teacher based on any one person or a compilation of people? And then also, when did you realize the power of the sweater? Oh rack? my gosh. So <laughs> that is an excellent question. So I was <laughs> about to get into the shower one morning and just on my floor, I saw that black cardigan that I think my mom had gotten me for Christmas. I don't think I had ever actually worn it, but I I <laughs> saw it on the floor. I think tags and everything. And like how the guy, that's so Raven flash of like, although I wasn't seeing the future, seeing the past. I had one English teacher in high school specifically. Her name is Mrs. Clamp. She was the best. Absolutely love her. Still am in touch with her. But she specifically would always wrap her cardigan like that. And, you know, my <laughs> friends and I, would always sort of like physically imitate that movement because it is just such an iconic movement. And I didn't realize that was something that 
other English teachers did. That was just something that I knew Mrs. Craft <laughs> yeah. did. With that in mind, I was like, oh my God, let me throw this on really quickly. My hair was up in this like messy ponytail. It was right before I got in the shower, but I was like, so I don't forget. Let me just throw this on, film a quick little version of this to then remake later when I've done my hair and I look more well put together. So I just sort of threw it on and improvised what I was saying. Like, I wonder what the author meant by that. You know, what else? And wrapping that cardigan over and over again. And then the rest of the day, I forgot that I meant to refilm that. So then that night, I was just like, you know what, whatever, I'll just post it as is because I didn't really feel like remaking <laughs> it. And then 30 minutes after I posted that, Mrs. Clamp DM me on Twitter being like, I just saw your video. I only wrap my sweater so many times because this school is so cold. And like, <laughs> you know, she really got a kick out of it, which I appreciated because I absolutely love her. I'm paying homage to my teachers. Like I really love them. And it's an appreciation. I'm not mocking or making fun like in any malicious way. I totally love them. And some of them, you know, mm-hmm. will let me know that they saw it and that they're laughing. And that is like the best feeling in the world. What I'm saying isn't always Based off of Mrs. Clamp, she was just sort of the inspiration for the cardigan. I've sort of built my own internal world for this character and who she is. And it's become so fun to play. But yeah, again, that was just, I saw the cardigan, got the inspiration to do this, made the video, and the rest was history. Or mm-hmm. her story. So just, exactly. I was curious, I mean, most of your content is comedic and kind of brings joy to people. Is that something that you like doing just in general? Do you enjoy being an escape for people? Because this mm. world is often kind of troubling. How do you see it? Like, is it just because you you just enjoy it yourself? Or do you feel like a sense of creating that space for people to to go to, to get spots? Yeah, I guess it has become the space for people to go to. And that is incredible. Again, like my initial intention was to build that space for myself because I wanted that and I needed that. I started creating content in a time I was feeling sort of silenced. I come from a less accepting town and I just needed a space to be myself. And I built that. TikTok and social media facilitated that. And I'm so appreciative of that. I mean, I'm constantly making jokes. That's all I do in every conversation. I'm having fun. I'm making jokes. I'm making references. I'm bringing things full circle. Like That is just sort of how my brain works anyway. I'm looking for joy and I know that I'll find that internally. And so then I just bring myself that joy and then share that. And then if other people get joy from it, incredible. If they didn't, I would make the videos anyway because I have so much fun. It's just a thing that I like to do with my time. But I am so appreciative that it has become this space for people to experience that joy. And when people DM me that, it is the coolest thing in the world. It is so incredible to be able to help people re-access their joy. For me, I'm just always trying to focus on joy and then spread as much of that as possible. And yeah, if people line up with that, I am, I'm so appreciative of that. Well, I I think that's wonderful as a creator myself, but in usually more visual things, I kind of have a goal of just like bringing more joy. And if someone smiled from something I made, then great, you know, there you go. (laughs) That's all you need. Just making the world a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. So with your kind of massive following and platform that you have now, do you feel kind of a responsibility to maybe talk about anything that you find important, like any causes or anything? Or do you want to keep that separate and you just keep this, just the creating for fun and all of that? Or do you think you can maybe use this bigger voice that you have now? Yeah. There was a time when I felt really, really called, you know, I must utilize my voice. And a lot of my content at that time was actually political, still mainly comedy focused. And what you're doing now is just 
doing your own authentic story. And that's your journey right now. That's my journey and, right and now. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, where do you ultimately kind of see this type of success springboarding you to? Or what are your goals? Because you're, you're a performer. I would imagine you are doing things beyond these social media platforms as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. I'm somebody that plans to do everything. Like life is too long to not do everything I want to do. So that includes making content. And I feel like oh, that's something I'll always want to continue to do. Because again, it's a place where I have just complete freedom to do whatever I want and make whatever I want whenever I want. And that is so wonderful. I also am auditioning as an actor. I'm applying as a writer and writing for TV, writing for film, writing articles, memoir. You know, I do love creative nonfiction writing, music as well. I sing and I write music and I want to start putting that out soon. For me, I just like, I want to do it all. I'm a terrible painter, but I'll probably make some paintings anyway. I just sort of (laughs) want to create things and put as much out there as I, as I can. And as I'm inspired to content is definitely a part of that. And then I also do want to work in more traditional media as well. And who knows, maybe then there's an entire different sector of media that's going to come out in the next 10 years. And then I'll create on that as well. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, you are definitely a natural performer, entertainer, creator, all of that. It's pretty obvious to see. And all of the positive feedback you have received online is definitely proof that you are doing what you're meant to be doing. Thank you. We've definitely covered a lot. I would just like to say, we're going to obviously put your handles and things in the show notes, but you want to just let everybody know where they can follow you. And if there's anywhere else besides TikTok and Instagram that you want to shout out for people to learn more about you and your projects. Yeah. My handle, my at on everything is Austin underscore McGuire underscore is my middle name (laughs) at this point. (laughs) I post my content on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube shorts. So I post it everywhere. A lot of it is the same content. So if you use one more than the others, like you won't miss too much, but I do recommend checking in everywhere because sometimes I'm more consistent randomly on other platforms. That's currently where you can find me at Austin underscore McGuire. That is me. Awesome. Well, I know I already follow and enjoy (laughs) your content. I hope everyone listening checks you out. It is entertaining and fun and enjoyable stuff. So I can't imagine anyone not liking it. So definitely check out Austin, everyone. And thank you so much for chatting with us today about this whole world of social media content creation. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Media and Monuments, a service of women in film and video in Washington, D.C. Please remember to review, rate, and subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. For more information about WIF, please visit our website at wif as in Frank, v as in victor.org.